0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to KSIDA Conversations, Episode 5 with the Cassida President and Executive Director. I'm Sam Atkinson, 2020-2021 KSIDA President and Associate Athletic Director for Communications at Gallaudet University. I'm here in Ellicott City, Maryland, just outside of Washington, D.C., and I'm joined by Casaida's Executive Director, Doug Vance, in Tucson, Arizona. Doug, how's it going? And welcome back to Casaida Conversations.
1: Thanks, Sam. Things are going pretty good right now. It's, uh, it's a time of year where we hand out special awards and, and honor some really good people. So it's, it's a nice time of the year for all of us.
0: Absolutely. We'll dive into that in, in a second. Just a reminder to our audience what is Casaida Conversations? Well, this is a monthly conversation between the Casaida president and executive director to discuss all things Casaida the profession and our members. We want to make sure everyone knows what the organization is doing and discussing what items, projects, initiatives we are working on. So on this episode, Doug and I will pay tribute to our KSIDA leaders past and present and recognize our 2021 KSIDA Award winners. Plus we'll be joined by Shelly Poe from Auburn University and Danny Barnes from Point Loma Nazarene University to discuss all things about the KSIDA Advocacy Committee. And we'll wrap things up opening up our mailbag and answering questions from you our members and listeners. So let's get started with our fifth episode. Doug we weren't able to meet up during the month of February but I wanted to start our conversation celebrating and honoring the black men and women who are and have been members of KSIDA and especially those past and present leaders within our organization for Black History Month. Starting back with Ernie Goodman from Howard University in the 1960s up to Bob Smith from Rutgers University in the 1980s, who was Cassida's first black president to more recently, uh, Kasaita leaders in April Emery, Rob Knox, Siobhan Mansfield, Denise Thompson, and Jessica Poole, who in two years will be our first black woman president of Kasaita. There are many others. And one in particular that jumped out to me, Doug, was Bill Hamilton at South Carolina State, a gentleman, Doug, that you had the pleasure to serve on the board with back in, 19, in the 1990s. What do you remember about Bill and his leadership and what he, he had given to COSIDA?
1: Well, Bill, Bill was terrific, uh, a, a great human being and, and SID, and he was committed to COSIDA. Um, he, he was always at the convention and and he he brought a smile to every day to when you saw him in the hallways and uh, was really effective on the board. I got to also serve with him on a final four committee and, um, He's one of my favorite all-time SIDs. I think the press box at South Carolina State is named for him. So uh, he's a Hall of Fame and Arch Ward recipient, just a great leader, a great role model for, for our organization.
0: We definitely want to, uh, again, recognize our Black men and women leaders and members of KSIDA, uh during Black History Month. In addition, the month of March is Women's History Month, and again, there have been some amazing women trailblazers within Kasaita's ranks, led by the late June Stewart from Vanderbilt, who was Casada's first female, female president back in 1990, 1991, followed by Tammy Beauclair, also from Vanderbilt in 2003 and 04. Other uh, Kasaita female presidents include Shelley, Shelley Poe, Judy Wilson. In the next two years, Kasaita will be led by women in Sydney Potter from the Columbia College and Jessica Poole from Chicago State. Now, Doug, you had the opportunity, again, the serve alongside June and Tammy. What do you remember about those those two women leaders?
1: Well, I, I, I remember them well. They both were uh, terrific people, and and and, and like uh, Bill, committed to COSIDA. And it was a it was a time when you didn't see women too much uh, in the leadership roles. So uh, they they kind of they kind of set set the set the tone for others to follow them and. They were role models, great examples, and um, uh, you know they, they were just so highly respected in, in what they did and everything. They earned, they earned that respect a great deal.
0: Absolutely. Also, we just wanna uh, thank all those women leaders and a special shout out to WoSIDA, that's Women Sports Information Directors of America, and all they do to champion women in the sports information field. Doug, it's also, as we just mentioned, it is March, and we're normally focused on March Madness, uh in the different basketball championships going on in the beginning of spring sports but this year it is quite mad as many of our members are juggling not just winter and spring sports but some are even dealing with fall sports what have you observed so far during this time right now
1: well you know over the past 12 months it's been a long journey for our profession and and uh some difficulties uh it's been a kind of a complex uh uh Issue of how we deal with this pandemic as members, but I'm proud of what what we have done as an organization and our members. They have really pivoted—the uh, word you see used often—and uh, and survived. And and uh, you know now I think you know we, we've been without. Uh, we were robbed of March Madness last year, and I think uh, yes, it's a it's a long long hard day right now for most of our members, but but I th- I think most of them would, would wouldn't trade the opportunity to be back working games as opposed to not doing it. So um, uh, I think people, there's a combination of, of excitement, uh, but they, they realize they're not gonna get a lot of sleep during March.
0: No, and we definitely are thinking of all our members uh, dealing with this chaotic time. So we uh, ask you to hang in there um, and the, the season's almost over. So i um, looking forward to seeing what happens with the March Madness tournament with division one men's and women's basketball. Uh, coming up later this month. Lastly, we wrap up our opening segment with honoring and celebrating our 2021 cassida Special Award winners. It was great seeing all the releases in February announcing our award winners, and there will be more in-depth articles on these award winners being shared on Kasita.com throughout the spring. If you missed any of those announcements, head over to casidacom backslash special awards. Now, Doug, we want to take a minute to recognize our six member Cosida Hall of Fame class. Do you mind sharing three of those names with our listeners?
1: Sure, I, I, I would enjoy doing that. Rosa Gatti, uh, Rosa Gatti, Chris Plonsky, and Herb Vincent are three three of those people. Uh, three people I, I've gotten to know over the years, um, and so deserving of this honor. Uh, Rosa was a pioneer. She was the first female board member of Cosida. Uh, I think the first uh, female to handle football when she was at Brown and, and she was a pioneer uh, in her contributions at ESPN over its, over its life. And Chris Plonsky at Texas is a, is another example of somebody who rose through our profession, her roots are in sports information grew in, in the profession and uh, it helped provide a road to her to administration at Texas where she's been for several years and always and continues to be a champion for Coita. And of course, Herb Vincent uh, from LSU and the SEC, uh, still on the board, past president, uh, you know, somebody who's been really committed to the organization. So very proud of those three people.
0: Absolutely. And the other three members of the Kosaita Hall of Fame class include Mark Fleming from Moravian College. He served Moravian for nearly a quarter century and is heavily involved in Kosaita's academic All-America Hall of Fame committee and a D3 leader. Um, the late Chris Wenzler from John Carroll um, Chris was a John Carroll graduate and he served as alma mater for 25 years and was a leader in the community and heavily involved in Casita's Goodwill and Wellness Committee. Sadly, Chris lost his fight with cancer and passed away last June. And our final member is um, John King from Missouri s and he, he served Missouri and s- S&T for over 30 years, a Division II leader and a current Casita uh, board member. So congratulations. To our Hall of Fame honorees and all of our Kasina special award winners. We look forward to recognizing everyone this uh, in the future months leading up to our convention and look forward to those celebrations. Uh, After the break, uh, we will be joined by leaders of Kasina's advocacy committee to discuss the committee's work and how they are supporting our members and profession. We are now pleased to welcome in Shelly Poe, Assistant Athletic Director for Communications at Auburn University and Chair of Casaida's Advocacy Committee and a Casaida past president and former board member. And we are also joined by Danny Barnes, Assistant Athletic Director for Communications at Point Loma Nazarene University and Vice Chair of Casaida's Advocacy Committee and also a former KSIDA board member. Shelly and Danny, welcome to Casaida Conversations. Thank you, Sam. We're so glad you're here. Shelly, I want to start with you first, um, talking about the advocacy committee. Uh, It's a fairly recent committee that Mm Casaida has started. Can you give everyone a quick overview of the committee and its mission?
2: Okay, our committee has been uh, in existence now for just finishing up our second year. Um, We were started uh, on a request from the board that we need to find uh, more year round ways to advocate for the profession and for the members in the profession. And that's really the lens that we look at everything through. Um, We want to be an advocate for our industry as a whole, but we also want to educate our members into ways they can become more comfortable and also more effective in advocating for themselves, advocating for their staff, advocating for, again, the profession as a whole and the industry. So that's the kind of that covers a lot of topics, but that's how we approach the topics that we discuss how is this gonna help our members feel more empowered or more comfortable in stating their case or getting their their work-life balance and just their work situation, getting it to where they can be the most productive and effective. And very fortunate we have members from all the different divisions. We have um, also a lot of real world, experience among our members and so we have a lot of practical knowledge we can draw upon and again a lot of things we talk about um, are hot button issues in terms of people feel disrespected or people feel something wasn't done right and I I think our experience especially helps us have a little discernment about what things are able to be tackled you know one-on-one and what things maybe need the organization behind them to take a further stance, or further education, so.
0: Now, Danny, there seems to be many different facets of the advocacy committee, as Shelly was alluding to. Can you explain maybe the different various levels of advocacy that the committee is focusing on?
3: I think that the main overall topic is really trying to get SIDs to take a little bit more of a stance. We're so used to advocating for our university, for advocating for the student athletes, that we're just trying to get you to advocate a little bit more for maybe your the communications sports information department and for yourself. Um, I mean there are very many layers to this one. First of all, you know, most of us don't like attention on us. We're so much more proud when we can get student athlete award or recognition something like that, but we're just trying to tell you tell them that it, you don't have to be afraid to put your name on it a little bit. There's no problem of just making sure you put your name on the article. You when you get credit from higher up in a university or something like that. You're not afraid to say, yeah, I did that. I'm proud of that one. When so often we shrug that off and we, we take it as, yeah, this is just part of my job. There should be no problem doing this one. And I think it's just trying to instill the confidence in somebody like that. You're not betraying your type of work or anything like that, but that you're just there to, you help the future generations that come behind you on that one. And I think that's the biggest one that we're trying to do. So Like I said, it's just a situation where we're just trying to empower them a little bit. So, and try to make them a little less scared of the things, scared is maybe not the exact right word, but just let them be a little bit more bold. I'll I'll go with the positive angle in my writing on that one. And that's what it really comes down to. And it doesn't mean you have to be putting in more hours on something like that. It's just, when you do something well, don't be afraid to take a little credit for it.
0: And it's the same thing too with the Cassida Membership Recognition Week. Um, a lot of our members has taken some time for them to get used to that, to making sure that they advertise that within their athletic department, within their university and community. And we're starting to see more, mo- more momentum with that. Um, and I'm sure you guys, as you just addressed there, um, it's an issue that with our members that we're trying to get people to, you know, not be afraid to share that information with their colleagues and university.
2: And sometimes, I completely... oh, sorry Danny, sometimes no. it's a good warm-up act Maybe you don't want to brag on yourself, but you can sure brag on your coworker or somebody else in your league or yes. somebody, an opponent that, that did you, you know, did you a favor somewhere or did a really great job when you played there or shared something with you. I mean, so maybe that's where we want to try and encourage people. Okay, try this out and now turn the mirror on yourself.
0: Pay it forward. Absolutely.
3: Like really quick, I was going to add to that one. As you talked about um, membership recognition week, you know, I didn't like putting anything out there, but I put something out and we got some of the most comments we got from this year when I put our picture up, me and the graduate assistant about just from the student athletes, the comments on our Instagram page, the number of likes on our, on our tweet that we put out there. It was interesting. Like I said, I was so afraid to, to put it out there, but at the same time, once it started a little bit, you definitely saw, felt the love coming back to you. And it was a nice thing to do because I do think that they want to say thank you. They, they want, they're, they're proud of the work you do but you just don't get those showcases. So it's, I do appreciate COSIDA for making that happen and being so regular with it over, I think it was the last four or five years.
0: Yep, five years right now. So going into the six, so looking forward to that. Now Shelly, it's been a year since the COVID-19 pandemic began. It's hard to imagine that. Um, and our profession has gone through a lot of ups and downs what have you and the committee learned during this time and what may be the long-term effects um, on the profession uh, with how we've adapted and how to be flexible with things?
2: You know, this time last year, our committee was really concentrating on what Danny was just talking about, kind of the three levels of advocacy, advocating for the profession, advocating to your supervisors and advocating for yourself in, the, in different work situations. And when the pandemic hit, we found that all our attention and our discussion really pivoted toward things that were very of the now, of the now. And started with looking at human resource type concerns over members being furloughed, laid off, staffs being downsized. We started trying to look at ways we could better advocate and position everybody in our membership during the stress of overlapping sports seasons, also overlapping seasons and responsibilities with combined with staff shortages and maybe you had less staff maybe you had again you had staff but they were home quarantined with themselves or family member you were not able to use students in the same manner you were there were a lot of challenges in the staff abilities plus all this extra duties piled on in the same calendar month or the same week or day that were traditionally spread out so know we've had a lot of talks about things of what constitutes an essential worker and how do we, we how do we show that we are essential to the well being and the smooth operation of the athletic department and and beyond that the the university at large that we have a lot to contribute there so we have spent a lot of time in the past year trying to see ways that COSIDA can be stronger in acting for the people maybe that have had some job transition had some difference of employment situations and that kind of thing now we're moving into a phase where we want to say hey the end is in sight the school year will come to an end hang in there you can do it and we want we're, we're putting together some educational uh, opportunities with the program committee about ways that you can make it to the finish line tips that can, you know, make your summer better, ways you can recharge, ways you can maybe regain some of the footing before we start all this over again. And we also are doing a deep dive into what are the skills that we have used during this challenging time that maybe we don't use before we had them, but maybe they weren't front and center. And that could be anything from, you know, working remotely, It could be some different efficiencies or economies you found in the workplace that you like, um, whether that's financial economies or just time-saving economies. I think that we are really trying to inventory a lot of what the members have been doing that's a little bit different than the year before. And then what are the things that will carry over and what are the things that you can show supervisors and other people that are making decisions about your job or your staff that, you know, that you've been able to do, places you've been able to fill in because you have these skills and abilities and, and things you have done that have kept things running smoothly. So we wanted probably more into the summer months, make sure people are finding ways to kind of tabulate those um, abilities and things they brought to the table and then show productive ways they can use those in advocating going forward.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be really interesting about the long-term effects and, mm-hmm. and how things are for our profession. I, I feel like we're seeing it a little bit now as far as some of the job growth is coming back a little bit step-by-step, step. Um, but we are, you know, we're definitely uh, feel for our members are, have lost work or who have gotten furloughed, oh, yeah. but hopefully we can see those jobs uh, come back and, and, and see how things kind of maybe get repositioned some um, to maybe streamline how this mm-hmm. profession looks. Now, Danny, to kind of go off of that um, previous question, many of our members in the SID field can be slow to accept change or break habits. How is the advocacy committee helping to encourage members to try change and show more flexibility and adaptability? And, and kind of like what Shelly was just alluding to with how things uh, kind of changed on a dime there during the pandemic.
3: I think it still has something to do with, um, even my other statement is just being a little bit more bold on something like that, not always being hesitant to jump into the next one because it's going to create you more work, but just kind of listening, putting your ear to the ground and being willing to listen to coaches, listen to student athletes to kind of find out what they're doing. So you can kind of help meet them on their terms. And I understand once you know what that is, you still have to take the step to do it, to implement it, something like that. But I know people before, let's be honest, I, I was in the field a little earlier. People were hesitant to do Instagram. People were hesitant to do Twitter and stuff like that. And now those are staples of the profession. Um, And I think it's just a situation where change can be scary for all of us. Um, New technology can make it seem like it's overwhelming when you're seeing somebody just break out all this stuff and you're not sure how to do it, how to take that first step in that one. But I think by embracing those changes, by being willing to maybe not jump into the deep end, but at least follow the path that somebody else has taken, watch somebody else go and then take those that advice, take those lessons, those instructions from them and being able to go into it, just continues to show that your department is willing to adapt and change and try to look at these new ways of communication. I I know we have the title of Sports Information Director even in the cosita name, but we are athletic communicators in that one. And you have to find ways to communicate with ones. I mean, used to be newspaper, television and radio. We don't do those as much anymore. Now we're finding them ways through social media and the internet you have to be willing to adapt because to deliver that information to people because people aren't as much searching it out. You're looking for ways to do that. And I think, it, like I said, it's just a ability to be a little flexible on what you are, not make it seem like you're rigid. And then by adapting those ones, it just helps you grow as a professional on that one and really helps expand. And like I said, it's not always a matter of shouting from the rooftop, I did this when they're seeing this stuff pop up, you know, university administration, your athletic director, seeing these new forms of technology, it makes you look innovative. It makes, it gives you that you're advocating for yourself without actually putting your words out there, which is what we're going with on that one too.
0: Well, and a year ago, I don't think many of us knew a lot about zoom meetings or <laughs> Microsoft team meetings. So uh, we've adapted quickly in, in that regards. And it's great to see that. So, Thank you, Shelley and Danny for joining us. Doug and I really like to personally thank you too for all your hard work with the Advocacy Committee, along with your committee members and your board liaison, Kevin Trainer from Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. All your efforts on in promoting our members and profession are greatly appreciated. And we look forward to all the efforts and, and successes this committee is gonna have in the future.
2: Thank you very much. Thanks for having us today. And we, uh, we just represent a great group of people that are on our committee and, and we're here for the members to try and help how we can.
3: And thank you, Sam. Thanks to Doug and the whole COSIDA uh, board for their, for their leadership as well. Thank you.
0: And after this break, Doug and I will open up the mailbag and answer your questions. COSIDA would like to take a moment to thank all of our 2020-2021 corporate partners for their continued support of COSIDA. We especially thank our Tier 1 partners. Capital One, ESPN, NCAA External Affairs, NCAA Division II, NCAA Division Three, Presto Sports, and Sidearm Sports. Thank you so much for your continued support of KSIDA. Welcome back to Casaida Conversations. Doug, it's been a while since we've opened up the mailbag, so we have a few questions that have piled up. wanted to dive into a couple of those. First, from Ryan Klinkner from St. John's University in Minnesota. In February, NACTA and Kasaita announced it extended its partnership through 2029. How will this extension benefit Kasaita and its members?
1: Well, good question. Um, You know, for me as Executive Director, Sam, my my job is to work with our staff and our board just to make the profession better, just simply stated. and, And And that agreement with NACTA helps us achieve that goal. Um, You know, over the last eleven years, it's proved very beneficial uh, to our organization and our members. It's it it means so much to us. It puts us, as they say, it it puts us at the table. It allows us to bring uh, athletic directors and other leaders in college sports into our convention. It allows our members to participate uh, with other organizations. so it has so many benefits and uh, we're extended through 2029 and i think it's just i think it's going to help our profession move forward uh without that agreement without involvement in uh in nacta uh i think we'd be missing a great opportunity
0: yeah i definitely agree and i i feel like sida as an organization um has gotten you know more recognition for being a part of nacta than without being a part of nacta so well, you're looking forward to these coming years and, and continued growth and collaboration uh, between the two organizations.
1: Absolutely. I think uh, Bob Vecchione, uh, Pat Maddock and their staff, uh, they really value our, our involvement with them too. Uh, so we look forward to uh, to future years.
0: Absolutely. Next question is from Zach Freeman from Lancaster Bible College. Zach writes, what is the latest with the 2020 2021 Academic All-America program. Thanks, Zach, for the question. Um, well, the Academic All-America program will begin in mid-April, as uh, originally announced, uh, with men's and women's basketball kicking things off. I know the Academic All-America committee has been meeting recently to determine what type of stats we will be using. Uh, we're not sure uh, yet if it's career versus year, uh, so stay tuned to casita.com for all the latest information. And rest assured, once that has been determined, we will share that with the membership a reminder that the Academic All-America program is open to members of CASIDA. If you need to renew or purchase a membership, please head over to casidacom backslash membership to join today. And our last question comes from Stephanie. Dear Doug and Sam, with it being March, what is your favorite March Madness memory? Doug? Well, um,
1: in reality that's an easy one for me. Um, 1988 uh, I was uh, fortunate to be at Kansas and they won the national championship and I got to go to the White House and uh, shake hands with the president in Rose Garden Um, so uh, in looking back I've had I've had a great opportunity to be a part of a lot of final four events as a volunteer with teams but uh, that one is certainly one that stands out for me.
0: I can't top that one Doug that's a great (laughs) one Um, but just two years ago, being able to be the chair of the Division III Men's Basketball Committee and to hand out the national championship trophy to Wisconsin Oshkosh and seeing those student athletes and coaches uh, celebrate was a, a great thrill to see and, and to see the, the time and effort in, uh, put into a, a Final Four and championship uh, come off without a hitch was, was great to see.
1: And I would say, Sam, uh, that's a great memory for the organization <laughs> with you being a, a representative in doing that.
0: Thank you, Doug. A reminder to send in your questions to Doug and I for future mailbag segments by DMing us through Twitter at Sam Atkinson SID or DVANCEKASIDA. Last, lastly, a reminder that submissions are being accepted for the Publications and Digital Design Contest. Some contests have a deadline of March 15th. So that's coming up while others aren't until April 29th. So head over to KASIDA.com back, backslash publications for more information. So thanks for joining us this month on Kesaita Conversation. Again, we want to send positive vibes to all of our members hosting games and dealing with multiple seasons at once. Hang in there. You got this. Um, Doug, any other w- words of wisdom?
1: Well, I just hope everybody's teams wins all the rest of their games.
0: <laughs> yeah, no extra inning games and, and no. no overtime. So, But for Doug Vance, I'm Sam Atkinson, and we will see you next time on Kesaita Conversations.